1: Support for Pivot comes from Pendo. Pendo improves the apps your customers and employees rely on. Whether you're building applications for customers or managing applications for employees, Pendo can help deliver better experiences for your users so they can get more value from your software. Visit pendo.io slash pivot to learn more about how your team can use Pendo to start building better digital experiences. There you can also check out Pendo's lineup of free certification courses, 12 hours of in-depth training for your product management teams on topics from AI to product analytics to product-led growth. That's pendo.io slash pivot to learn more. Pendo. everyone this is pivot from new york magazine and the vox media podcast network i'm Kara swisher
0: and i'm here to announce that i am the first musical guest on snl that has erectile dysfunction it's out
1: there <laughs> it's I'm out there talking about that you it's hold time. on to me because we're gonna get it's to that time. but Kara was right but anyway we're gonna get, to, were it. We're right gonna get to it you right about i mean you're always right he wouldn't be you terrible specific? you said he'd be terrible what a
0: victory for you he <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> he be terrible good. he was
1: actually good it was actually good. Um, you,
0: uh, hold on, hold on. Let's okay, let's on. just put a pin in that. I promised myself I wasn't right, going to talk about. Put a about pin this.
1: in it. Put a pin do in it. Do you really
0: think? Do you okay? Not he. Do you think that was a good show?
1: Yeah, I do. For them, I watch it all the time. So yes, yes. You thought that
0: ones. was a let's better than Let's get to it in the big story. We're not
1: going to talk about this yet. We're not okay, going to. We have other things. Uh, 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 so just a couple things that are going on. Obviously, okay. uh, the first one, the Pentagon is considering pulling a plug on the Jedi cloud computing project. Has been fought mm. over by Amazon and Microsoft for years. Donald Trump seemed to have put himself in the middle of it, pulled it away from Amazon, went to Microsoft. Both very qualified companies, but Donald Trump sort of tarnished it. And now the Pentagon's like, oh, I don't want to pick. It's been too tainted. So what do you think?
0: Nothing is more oppressive than a weak and feeble government. We're unwinding four years of incompetence, yep. and mm-hmm. it's a shame because you pointed out. This is important work. And yep,
1: important work.
0: So it's it's just delayed our ability to respond to to threats. Um, so and they're going to end up probably having to redo the whole thing. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, I think they they were like hands off. We don't want to defend. Microsoft, because Trump sort of weighed in there. It's all dirty, and we have to redo it. It's a redo. It's a redo. Same thing with this major gas uh, pipeline in the Northeast was hacked by ransomware over the weekend. This is a mm-hmm. common thing that's happened to ho- hospitals and other things. The latest attack was prompted, prompted the Biden administration to hold an emergency meeting, whether to strengthen executive orders, protecting federal agencies, go far enough. This is another mess. Solar winds came during the Trump administration, which was a huge hacking of the federal government and others yeah. via this other software. It was sort of a, it's hard we had Nicole on to talk about it. But again, this she talked about ransomware and these problems. Um, and here it is again. So another cleanup situation. Cleanup in aisle two, I guess.
0: Yeah, this is – I mean, I know it's several small businesses that have been um, – I don't know what the term is. They they Their systems get locked, and then they get an email saying, I need – $80,000 in Bitcoin. And the, the scary part is a lot that a lot of them I know end up paying it. And it's weird, I, 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 this will have a lot of impact. These are proxy wars, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, A, it, it, there's great money involved, but B, if you're China or Russia and trying to, weaken, um, trying to weaken your perceived enemies at a very cost-effective level, cyber-terrorism is the most effective weapon ever developed. Yeah. Um, or you know cyber warfare, and also it doesn't lead to nuclear war. I, mm-hmm. I don't care how big the cyber attack is; it's unlikely to escalate uh, yeah. to 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 actual bombs or missiles. And so it's it's very frightening. I, fortunately, I think we have a lot of smart people on it. The other thing is, I think it ends up being the Achilles' heel for crypto because the currency of exchange around. Mm-hmm. Ransomware and and um, even money laundering is turning out to be crypto, and I wonder. And it, 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 this might be the the red herring or the excuse the government uses to step in and regulate this. Mm-hmm. But this is all tread. The currency for this type of crime is usually is is usually the decentralized nature or advantages of crypto. Yeah. What yep. are your thoughts?
1: Well, I think it's just, look, the, 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 I think the, the there's a lot of problems here with all these vulnerabilities that we have. And I think it wasn't maintained and Trump mm-hmm. fired all the people that were involved in it, uh, the good people. Um, and so we're picking up, you know, right as we're having all, the the U.S. was responsible for a lot of these people to be able to have these tools and mm-hmm. and things like that. We have a very porous uh Country in lots of ways, we're very op- able to be attacked. We were very good yeah. at attacking, and mm-hmm. so I think this is going to be one of the big issues of the day: is how as we become more interconnected, how we prevent this kind of stuff. This is a major gas pipeline. There was a water system. Some are ransomware. Some are for hacking. Some are for intelligence. Some are for just money. This group says it's only for money, and it only does. It seems it had like a list of like ways they do this. It's it's still a crime basically, and so. um so I, you know, I, it's a, it, They're going to have to put systems in place to protect our national infrastructure and to prevent these ransomware attacks from going on. It's really a difficult thing. But yeah, you're right. This everything as we become more digitized, it becomes more vulnerable, more and more vulnerable. And you know, I just assume everything is vulnerable at this point. And you know, here's the look at the Pentagon having to dump this contract. Same thing. Um, this it's really critical that our federal government should have the very best and most uh, hacker-proof or attack-proof. Uh, including in states and local governments and everything else. But there's just too much surface, as they say. There's too much surface. There's too much surface here. And speaking of surface, there was a Wall Street Journal article, um, uh, a surface of attack is what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. reporting that Melinda Gates first talked to a divorce attorney uh, in 2019, which was around when Bill Gates's connections to Jeffrey Epstein were made public. Um, I I thought this—I didn't understand the Jeffrey Epstein part. I see that they were unhappy for a long time. This is not— a huge revelation. Usually marriages don't just collapse. Um, And 2019 wasn't that long ago. Um, And maybe the pandemic interrupted. A lot of people are getting divorced during the pandemic or have decided to and escalate, you know, it escalates already existing problems. But I thought the connections with Jeffrey Epstein at this point are very tenuous at best. He he visited him for sure, knew him, went to the house. Uh, But still, I just, I don't, I find it a strange article.
0: Yeah, it really feels like feeding into this whole, all right, he's, I mean, I, mean, I think really wealthy people uh, don't deserve a hall pass and the idolatry that exempts them from from scrutiny or regulatory standards, et cetera. Sure. But at the same time, I don't think being uh, really wealthy means that a legitimate news outlet should start inferring, I mean, basically, let's call this what it is. He had contact with Jeffrey Epstein, so there are... They're inferring that Bill Gates has done something wrong. And it's—
1: I'm not sure what they were inferring because it didn't go anywhere. It was a— Well, that's the whole
0: point. Yeah, but even by—when the Wall Street Journal says something like that, that's essentially what they're saying. Like, uh uh-oh, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I I just— The only thing
1: that was in there was I think Melinda Gates was made uncomfortable by him and didn't want to do stuff with him. And Gates continued. And at the time— uh, before he was convicted, it def- he definitely was a figure in the philanthropy circles and thought of as a as a genius guy a back I don't follow Epstein. Well, okay,
0: I'm going to go out on a limb here right. and and say that this may not be the first time that a wife is uncomfortable with who her husband hangs out with. Yeah. I, I just. I've heard that a few times before. I have trouble believing that Melinda Gates. Uh, look, I don't. I don't know the relationship. It's not of our business, quite frankly. I have trouble believing that their divorce started to fray because she was angry that he was hanging. It just feels. It feels like so clickbaity beyond.
1: It. It was. It, it just I don't feels. Think it was quite What's all your there. point
0: here? What's your evidence? What are you saying? It just. And I don't believe. I've probably and supposedly lawyers are going on background. It just felt really like it felt yeah. really like shoddy. Journalism. I would
1: like to see actual reporting here if that's the case. And that's the issue. I mean, it was the same thing around, you know, vaccines that he was put all the rumors. Gates has been a like a like a magnet for uh, for 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 the vax rumors, which is which is weird. Um, but it's, uh, this is, this was a little funny. I, I was just going to say, I just, before I got on here, someone, I'm not going to go into it, but I was at a dinner a hundred years ago, hundreds of people, um, and Epstein was, was sitting three or four seats down. Apparently I didn't even meet him. And someone was insinuating that I knew something. I'm keeping things. It was oh, like, I'm
0: sorry. I don't feel what? safe around you.
1: <laughs> it was ridiculous. I never even spoke to but, him.
0: But yeah, again, guilt, it's not even guilt by association. It's guilt by proximity. It's Yeah, just I didn't so... know quite how to
1: respond because I was like. There was someone was like, oh, it's so sad, Kara Swisher. I was like, I was at a dinner of hundreds of people and he was sitting three seats down and I don't, I never even met him. Like, I, okay, what do you want me to do? Like leap the table and kill him at that point? It was weird. It was a weird, I, I get it. It was like, but what was interesting and it's just Twitter, so I don't really care. But all these people were like, ah, yeah. she's involved in the Epstein scandal." I'm like, literally at a h- dinner of hundreds of people. It was so strange. At Which, by the way, many people were at, by the way. I don't know how you can like make the whole room guilty for being in the same room. As, you know. There's
0: a lot of this going on. There's yeah. um, strange. There's. Uh, did you see the? Oh, I'm not even going to go. There was a total hit piece in the New York Times on Andrew Yang and Bradley Tusk. I didn't think that was
1: that much of a hit. They're controversial. Bradley Tusk is a controversial. I know. I know Bradley by the way, and by association, total I actually have piece. had lunch with him. Hit like, piece. I, 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 do you think? I don't know
0: what. What? Okay, let's review. This is
1: typical political reporting. Come on. Let's
0: review. People are concerned about his conflict of interest. The only people concerned are people shilling other candidates and their their big smoking gun. Was that Andrew Yang said he liked scooters? Yeah, and Bradley that was a, Yang. Uh, and yes. I'm sorry. And Bradley Tusk has an investment in Lime. And by the way, Andrew made that statement before he met Bradley Tusk. It's like it was a hit yeah, piece where the blows strong, don't right? land. And it's like, what is the point Look, of this? Bradley article? Tusk is a
1: character. You know, I dealt with Bradley a lot because of the Uber stuff. He worked for Uber for a while, right. and so he's definitely thrown some punches. And he's, you know, he he's he's a fascinating figure. And I think he's. You know, just like a lot of political figures, he happens to be a a local one in New York. And he was he was uh, deputy, I think, governor, right? Or whatever. He was
0: deputy governor in Illinois. He (laughs) worked for Schumer. He basically was the mastermind behind the Bloomberg election. And. God forbid now he's financially very successful so oh I think the Conflict. idea was
1: here's the people influencing Andrew Yang which he's he's very much a part of that campaign and so he's a high profile political operative and right. you're going to get that story and I think it's a totally justifiable story uh and and, and if you're a political reporter I- I- in doing that it's the question is is there actual influence we'll see but pointing out the relationship I think is Important. Who's who's the people around the candidate who's ahead for this job, which many people feel he's unqualified for. I know you're a supporter of him, but a lot of people think he's not qualified for this job, and and I think that's a legitimate thing to talk
0: about. When you including his
1: including his by the way, let me just finish including uh, his entrepreneurial history, and I think they've been doing those pieces, and that is a that's fair game if you're running for mayor for New York. But go ahead.
0: Andrew Yang, the byline on this is Andrew Yang's relationship with Bradley Tusk, a tech, a tech investor, has raised concerns about conflicts of interest if he is elected. And it literally, uh, okay, so who is not, by by the evidence they, they roll out here, then essentially, unless you're a junior at Berkeley and your only, your only accomplishment is writing for Mother Jones, then everyone is conflicted and raises concerns. It creates of this- course. It creates this like when you have some some a platform as credible as the New York Times and you have that sort of headline, it kind of creates this notion that again, guilt by proximity. The reporting here never you you read it and you go, you kept waiting for something that appeared to be an actual conflict and that not, might right. not serve the citizens of New York to a greater conflict than any other campaign ever. Right. It just Like, what was the point? It felt what I'll put the question back to you. It struck me that okay, the New York Times does not want Yang to be mayor. Is that fair? Um,
1: no, I think he's the front runner. No, I don't think that. I think that's unfair. You think it's just scrutiny of the front, the front runner? I think he's the front runner, and Bradley Tusk is a high-profile political operative, and right. pointing out their relationship is important. I may not have. I, I think they didn't lay a glove on him in this particular one, um, and pointing out his entrepreneurial history since he talks about it is. Yep. A good idea. So I think this is all about being the front runner and you're going to get a story about his wife. You're going to get a story about, and no front runner thinks it's fair, right? Nobody, right. like if, if, it, if whoever if it was Maya Wiley, they'd be doing like, okay, here's the things, let's tell you about her. And when right. it looks like, you know, a lot of people in New York, by the way, every time I interview someone um, who's in New York they're like, you know, even Fran Leibowitz was like, who is this guy? Like what? Right. Like, and so I think he's just, I think it's front runner scrutiny some of the pieces will land. Some of the pieces won't. Look, the, Olivia Nuzzi actually wrote a great piece in New York Magazine about the Biden administration. I think she had a great line. She said, they, you know, the way that he got attacked by the press through the early campaign, especially yep. as being out of touch, he said they it made them bitter and brittle and they're still bitter and brittle. Like they don't like the press. Even though, you, you know, you think about the, the Trump administration as being bad with the press, she was making the argument. Yeah,
0: nobody likes her coverage. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Yep. And
1: so they're going to, I, I, he's the front runner. That's it. Says some of the stories are going to be good, some of the stories are going to be unfair. But they're looking for stuff about him to sort of try to put him in a place because they probably think he's going to win, or he is in front by a lot, really quite a lot. And you have it's very fair to complain about uh, an, an inexperienced person running a complex city like New York. He's a very lovely guy. I know you both. I both know him, but. Uh, I gotta say, I'm like, wow. He could have, he could use a little more experience to be doing something quite so serious. That's that. That's what I. Would uh, say. I
0: think that's a fair criticism. I think that would be a, a, an interesting, valid story. I think creating this this notion of wrongdoing, or I, I don't know. No, well, they just, didn't.
1: I, they didn't land. Neither of them. No, no one cares about his entrepreneur experience, and this one didn't land. So what
0: well, appears in the New York Times does, anyways. Well, uh,
1: well, we'll see. So, you know. guilt
0: by proximity. I don't know. Right. Guilt anyways. by
1: proximity. You're right. You're right. And I'm sure there'll be now a picture of him with someone bad sitting next to them 10 seats away at a movie theater. Well, you anyway. know
0: what? Andrew Yang uses Microsoft Windows. I don't know if you've heard, but Bill Gates has hung out with <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. So this guy is not qualified to be mayor.
1: Oh, Scott. You know, you act like newspapers don't sometimes just not not make mistakes. Just like it's it's oh, a process. On. Let's come just on. say. Anyway, let's go. Speaking of media, we're going to go into big stories. We were live tweeting, and the internet watched as Elon Musk host get SNL, and his beloved cryptocurrency Dogecoin took a tumble. Among the moments on the show, Elon called the cryptocurrency a hustle.
0: Uh, my question is, what is Dogecoin? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. It's a good question. Well, it's the future of currency. It's an unstoppable financial vehicle that's going to take over the world.
2: I get that, but uh, what is it, man?
0: (laughs) I keep telling you, it's a cryptocurrency you can trade for conventional money. Oh, so it's a hustle.
2: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: That That sent the steadily climbing stock tumbling, crashing by 30 percent, although the crypto uh, token is still up more than 10,000 percent in price this year. Almost immediately after Elon Musk made uh, his first appearance, Robinhood was forced to pause all crypto trading order updates. As a reminder, Robinhood had to make a similar pause back during uh, the GameStop uh, frenzy. But then the next morning, Elon tweeted that his space exploration company, SpaceX, which has contracts with NASA, is still launching a satellite called Doge One on a Mission paid for with Dogecoin. By the way, this month the House passed a bill which is backed by crypto lobbyists to create a working group to regulate digital assets, which they should be doing. I don't really care who backs it. So, what do you think, Scott? He was somewhat funny. Correct. You were expecting a disaster, as as we can go to our tape.
0: No, I wasn't expecting a disaster. Look, I I think this, I think it's a huge win for him. Yeah, Um, talk
1: about why you think this, because you you were you were critical of this appearance. You were
0: uh, look if you had Annie Leibovitz photograph your daughter's bat mitzvah mm-hmm. little rachel is going to look gorgeous it's going to be great for the family and annie lebowitz's <laughs> oh, reputation good, goes happens. down so in this instance rachel is elon musk and elon musk it, it, saturday night live think about snl as a concept okay all right okay for 41 years it mm-hmm. has been one of the greatest amalgams of creativity writing, set design, yeah. courage, intersection between politics, society, and economy, yeah. venue. Uh, I mean, I watched The A-Team for two years. I've watched uh, Happy Days for five years, Breaking Bad for eight years, Game of Thrones for eight years, and Meet the Press for 20 years. And I've been watching SNL for 40 years. What yeah. they have pulled off, Indeed. the talent Lauren there. Michaels. The talent there is extraordinary. Yeah. It's Lauren Michaels. Annie, Let's
1: give him this. Lauren Michaels. Team. When
0: Annie Leibovitz shows up to Rachel's mm-hmm. Bat Mitzvah, Rachel's going to look great. So okay. it was a huge win for Elon Musk. I mean, they, this was like, talk about likability police. Like, I have Asperger's and here's my mom. Right. I mean, okay. I thought he was going to talk about his new book on gender balance and personal loss. I mean, it was like literally, <laughs> it is huge. He was
1: very fuzzy. He was warm and fuzzy. Huge. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Huge win for him, quite frankly. It was I think that's the charming it was a,
1: part of Elon. Let's be clear, there's lots of parts of Elon, you know. And he managed to make f- poke fun at himself. He's the richest he guy in the world. Time. He had a good time, he had a good time. It was he a
0: could, g- uh, look, it was a big wore w a mask. Did you
1: see that? I was like, I Wow, was shocked barn door. The horse. guy who
0: said, the guy who yeah. said in March no. of last year by April cases would be at zero, and that the whole panic over the pandemic was stupid <laughs> and yep. called, called stay at home yep. orders Agreed. fascist, anyways a huge win for him. He came yeah. across as likable. I thought he was funnier than you he thought. was the least funny person who's ever been on that program and he's probably the funniest guy. He's absolutely the funniest founder of an automobile company.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's funnier than let me just say what I, I was saying was to good. you last week was yeah. he's a very funny guy. He's actually compared to a lot most of these people are humorless. Elon is No, not he's humorless. got a good
0: sense of humor. He I just does. think it's, it, it's, it's
1: juvenile at some points, but it's actually, he did, he was, what I kept thinking was, huge oh my him. God, he put on another costume. yet another costume. Like, uh, he uh, was game. He and you know that? It looked like he was enjoying
0: him. himself. Yeah. Good for him. It was yeah. a nice moment. I thought it was really nice with his mom.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, but I don't, I, I think the loser. first thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no getting around it. A win for him. A win for him.
1: All right. So, what do you think about his? The only thing that I that I called attention to was when he said to the moon, and I think he was he was. There's a lot of different memes going. My son informs me, but um, do you think the SEC will investigate that? I don't think so. I think they, I don't. No, I don't no, think the SEC will investigate
0: the, the thing. The uh, that was a the totally hustle was a joke. He could say right. it was a joke. That the, the the there wasn't a. Everything about that show was forgettable. The thing we will see over and over in hearings is when Elon Musk said it's a hustle. Yeah. And if you look at the volatility of Dogecoin in the last week, it doubled, and we're talking yeah. about an increase in thirty or forty billion dollars in market capitalization. And then, and then it peaked that day, and then by the time Weekend Update came on, it had it had like lost the value of Clorox. I mean, it went down $20, $30 dollars. And so you, the question is, but it's free speech, so I don't know how you go after him for that. If if you know he's creating to a certain extent the, one of the criticisms of Dogecoin is it has no business use. But at the mm-hmm. same time, if he starts launching ro- rockets and people pay in Doge to launch their satellites, mm-hmm. it, that creates a business use case.
1: I think he's there's. It was a joke. He could say it was a joke. I don't know what else to say. I think it was a win for him. He looks, you know, think about it. I was just, someone asked me who We're what about other his appearance,
0: not yeah, okay.
1: What other person could pull this off among the billionaires? You know, Bezos maybe? Mark Zuckerberg has been on that SNL just for a second when he stood oh, yes. next to Jesse Eisenberg during the social network. Never yeah. could do it. Never yeah. could do it. You know, Tim Cook forget it. Jobs is the only one who I think could actually pull it off. That, and he's not living, obviously, but uh, maybe Gates, because he's such a you know goofball like kind of thing. But I'm trying to think of like who would be any good. Sergey Brin. Well, yeah, only but that's Elon. the point.
0: The point is this: he's incredible, an influencer beyond. The point yeah. is when you have David Chappelle or you have Adele, you have incredible artists. Mm-hmm. The, the there's this nitro and glycerin of creativity and art and artisanship that is fantastic. I think yeah. when you bring on Donald Trump or George Steinbrenner. Or Mayor Giuliani. I think it's great yeah. for them. I don't think yeah. it's great for the show or it's great for comedy. But yeah. anyways. I don't think
1: this was bad for the show. I, I don't think it was bad for the show. Well, it was I a think, big
0: part of the conversation. A big yep. part. I think they got a lot. I'll be very good. Have you seen the ratings? I'm very curious what the it's ratings are. It's the third
1: are. highest rated show of the season. Besides Dave Chappelle and one
0: others, third highest rated show this season. God, good for them. It did very well. It It, did very well. Smart for them. The PR team at at Tesla and Elon Musk should be feeling very good about themselves. I thought it was a big win for him.
1: Yeah, agree. Okay, all right, Scott. Let's go on a quick break. We'll be back to talk to reporter and author Brad Stone about his new book Amazon Unbound, and we can ask him if he thinks Jeff Bezos will now go on to SNL as the next billionaire.
3: Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down.
2: If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens
1: Okay, let's bring on our friend of Pivot. Let's move on to another billionaire. Uh, Brad Stone is the author of the new book, Amazon Unbound. It's out this week. He is senior executive editor at Bloomberg and of course wrote the book, The Everything Store, which was the first part in this probably multi-part series that Brad has been doing. Brad, welcome to Pivot. Thanks, Kara. So I, wh- tell me about this. Obviously, you were going to do a sequel because things, wh- when did Everything Store and did this begin? I just, I don't recall what was the, when last we saw Jeff Bezos, essentially.
2: Yeah, I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, the, the Everything Store was really about the first 15 years of Amazon. It came out in 2013, but really mm-hmm. it's. The rise during the dot-com boom, the near death during the dot-com bust, and then the remarkable reinvention with the Kindle and AWS and Prime, which kind of brings you to 2011 or so. And, and obviously over the last few years with Alexa and with Prime Video and with Jeff's remarkable uh, transformation into a master of the universe and the subject of tabloid interest, I thought there is more of the story to tell.
1: All right. So what? So what was that? What was? What are you thinking about the next iteration of Bezos um, away from Amazon, and that that period of time now in this? Why are you calling it Amazon Unbound?
2: Well, um, un- what I mean by that is sort of unbound um, from the kind of normal rules of gravity that seemed mm-hmm. to impact most large businesses you know the bigger mm-hmm. you are the more complex bureaucracy the less likely you are to invent new things the more boring you become and amazon has been kind of immune from that right um with all all the new stuff and with the massive acceleration of its core business i mean the the first thing that i realized as i set out to do this was the, the, even the core business has started to grow faster over the mm-hmm. past few years. And mm-hmm. that's because, well, for many reasons, but, um, you know, the delivery centers are closer to our homes and they, they're doing their own transportation and they've been able to keep prices low. Um, and, you know, so Unbound, it, it, it kind of conveys, you know, how special the business is and a kind of invincibility, which has been, you know, great for fans or investors or customers of the business and kind of terrifying for everyone else. Scott?
0: So, uh, uh, Brad, always good to uh, be with you, talk to you. I'm a big fan of Brad's. Anyways, the um, uh, isn't Amazon? There's a lot of interesting things, and you write about this, this kind of regulatory arbitrage where they've decided that you know they want all of the upside of selling these products and revenues, but they don't want to take responsibility for it. There's a lot of interesting cases right now saying, well, if you sell stuff, you're responsible if the hoverboard blows up. Isn't isn't that kind of their or one of their their superpowers here?
2: Yeah. So it's a, it's a theme running through the book. And obviously, our, our, you know, your your guys's and our coverage of all big tech. And, you know, at Facebook, they put it, you know, move fast and break things. And Jeff was always like, move fast and don't break things. But, you know, the fact is that they built systems, really self-service systems to get operating leverage. And that was the marketplace where any seller could just sign up and start mm-hmm. selling or, or the transportation network where any driving. Any small delivery company could sign up and start delivering packages. And what you saw in both cases was, you know, kind of havoc resulting. Yeah, the exploding hoverboards, but the knockoffs, just an onslaught of activity that came from overseas, often from China, where costs could be lower because sellers were closer to the factories. And then Amazon slowed down and tried to build systems to account for all this and to create a little bit of friction. But of course, it was too late. And that's why you look at a, cu- a period of a couple of years earlier uh, last decade where, you know, people were buying, you know, th- there was real chaos in the marketplace and real chaos in the delivery network. So it turns out that Amazon isn't all that different from some of the other big companies. No, in, it's exactly, in, in it's in just,
1: it's just things, not speech necessarily, or things not Propaganda. It's I would say difference.
2: the state, right, that makes the stakes even higher because it's the physical world. But as we saw with, you know, Facebook and Google, the stakes there, the integrity of democracy are, are just as high. But certainly, yeah, there was a lot of impact from Amazon's very rapid growth.
1: So can you talk a little bit about this transition that's happening now? He gave his last letter, right? And he was talking about where is, he, he stepped away from Amazon for several years, I think, or there, the, the, it was being run by a lot of these same people who are now going to be leading. So talk, sort of sketch out what it's been like. And he sort of returned during the pandemic a little more uh, actively, or maybe I'm wrong about that. That's what I understand. Um, can you talk a little bit about what it's been like the past couple of years and how he's sort of obviously moved away from it? Slowly,:
2: yeah, I mean, I, I sort of chart this path in, in Amazon Unbound, where, yeah, for a couple of years, he was really actively involved in the new businesses, really micromanaging mm-hmm. you know the Amazon Go stores and Alexa and Prime Video. He would call the teams in there to roll run through the documents for what shows and movies they wanted to pick up, so really hands on in that respect, and in the larger businesses, kind of letting Andy Jassy and Jeff Wilkie, who left the company, uh, roll with it. Um, but um, in terms of, uh, you know, th- that was inconsistent. I have this great scene in 2017 where during the OP1s, he comes in and blows up the core business because he determines that the retail business is, t- is, is relying too heavily on advertising and he wants to see them mm-hmm. profitable in their own right. But you're right, Karen, in, in 2020, he really did come back in a major way uh, in terms of the pandemic response. But I think that... that he, antitrust congressional hearing where he had to appear alongside Tim Cook and Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. and Sundar was pivotal. Jeff does not want to spend his time answering those questions, right? Yeah. He wants to float above it. And I think probably, you know, that had a lot to do with him handing over the reins to Andy Jassy, but saying he's going to stick around to continue to, you know, he loves to be an inventor. Like Taylor Mm -hmm. Swift loves to be a songwriter, right? We don't, they don't necessarily get to pick that, but he wants to be an inventor and that's where he wants to spend his time.
0: Brad, you, you know, Amazon as well as anyone that's not working there. Tell us something we don't know about Amazon or make some predictions about what businesses they're, they're going to be in that they aren't already.
2: Well, first, I just want to say, Scott, that I'm excited for you to read this book because you cameo a couple of times. And during the HQ2 saga, in the HQ2 saga, I have the memos, the internal memos where they're selecting what's the, the HQ2 team um, selects Raleigh, Chicago, and Philadelphia as the finalists. And Jeff blows up the whole process, but they also identified the critics Who they're really wary of, and and you're in there. And by the way, you look. Everything that you were saying back then about Amazon going where Jeff wants to be, I think was fundamentally true. And you know, I I show how the helipads that blew up the Long Island City initiative were really, mm-hmm. you know, there because Jeff had bought a helicopter and himself was taking flying lessons. So mm-hmm. I just, wa- I just wanted to say that. Um, Thank it's, you. It's interesting. Pat. They do, they do listen to this stuff, this criticism. Oh, but- they do.
1: Are you kidding? They, oh, yeah. I, I come off of CNBC, and if I say something sideways, I get a call like within fifteen minutes. It's creepy. It's frankly yes. It's not they odd. watch
2: us all. They're probably somehow listening to this recording right now. Yes. Yes. Um, but uh, okay, so that was a tangent. What was the original question again, oh. Scott?
0: Well, well, tell us, Del, you know the company really gonna, well. What are to
1: surprise us? Right. And what are they going to be doing?
2: Well, they've got a couple of high-stakes initiatives that Jeff hopes can be, you know, sort of meaningful growth opportunities. One is this Project Kuiper, which is satellite internet access. Um, I'm sure he thought Blue Origin could send those Amazon satellites into space, but Blue is – is tardy and and its orbital rocket is behind. So they did an agreement with ULA. But of course, this is in big competition with Starlink from SpaceX. And those satellites all are, are already in space. So, you know, Amazon is, is a latecomer there. And then healthcare is the other big initiative. And mm-hmm. they are showing some promise with some of these um, telehealth initiatives that started out rolling out for employees uh, that are now opening to the employees of other companies. They have some in-person clinics they're trying out. I believe it's in Texas. And in a very Amazon-like way, they're developing devices, products that could go and and somehow support that ecosystem, or what they would probably call it, a flywheel of Amazon services in healthcare. So that's another growth opportunity. But you know, we're also talking during a week when Amazon just announced a, a massive multi-billion-dollar debt sale, and the mm-hmm. reason Amazon does that. Is is for well the money is cheap and it's for expansion so yeah. more mm-hmm. fulfillment centers more countries more AWS data centers and that's really about intensifying the rather large advantages they already have so the easy bet is that Amazon is bigger it's it makes more of an impact on on physical retail we'll probably see more actually Amazon supermarkets in mm-hmm. the future, um, perhaps other kind of about, retail supported by What about by their own,
1: own transportation systems? That's been yeah. back and forth and back and forth. And just you know, the JEDI contract, that's separate. You know, the JEDI contract that Amazon was trying to do, AWS was trying to do, now is... Now they're going to suspend that and probably redo it again, which is good news for Amazon because right. they had lost it. Um, t- can you talk about and and then of course Jeff himself is fighting the government over Elon's uh, moon base or right. moon moon initiatives. So give us some insight of like how they're sort of parsing out Jeff Bezos from Amazon and 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 moving them apart. Is there going to be a moving apart? Because he owns the Post, he has Blue Origin. right? You know, he's got a lot of things going on that are just Jeff Bezos. And then there's stuff that's important to Amazon, including these government contracts.
2: Right. Yeah, I think when it, it comes to Jeff spending his time, probably apportioning more of it outside of Amazon. He doesn't need to write the shareholder letter every year, run all the ST meetings. I think he'll still continue to have an impact. You know, the Washington Post is running just fine all on its own. He's got to pick a new executive editor. Blue Origin is limping along a little bit. So I do see him spending a little bit more time there. But I also report in the book he's building this vast super yacht. Uh, and oh, so no. I think that you know Jeff in, in retirement uh, uh, with Lauren <laughs> Hello, Files, crisis. Exactly. Oh my um, God! Why did they all
1: build these super? Yeah, even Steve yes. Jobs had one. Because they can,
2: Kara. Listen, right. listen.
1: You wrote an article about Jeff Bezos in the tabloid, but well, you didn't answer my question. But I want to know about. Well, the I, there was
2: a, it was a multi part, so I was going to yeah. get to it. Yeah.
1: All right, go ahead. Go ahead, and then I want to ask about this tabloid piece you wrote.
2: Well, I, I don't think he's leaving Amazon, but I think he's spreading his time elsewhere. And on the on the on the AWS thing, they lost the Jedi contract because. Uh Bezos bought the Post and Trump hated the Post, but yeah. uh, m- miraculously, they might get a second shot of it. So that's a huge yeah. market, and Amazon and Microsoft will be winners there. And it's a further consolidation of this massive piece of tech toward the big tech companies.
1: Right, absolutely. So talk, you wrote a piece about Jeff Bezos and the tabloids last week. Can you talk about his transition from sort of background CEO, khaki paint? You know, I, you remember the, the, yeah. the pleated khakis and the yes. kind of shitty... Button-down shirts. Um, so this, and now he's like super buff guy. Like, right. it's such a weird
2: and the, and a family man to uh, yeah, you know, to blowing up his personal life. But the most remarkable piece of it, and I had to mm-hmm. go unfortunately mm-hmm. deep into this squalid saga, mm-hmm. is how sort of naive he was in early mm-hmm. 2018 about mm-hmm. how much the world would care, mm-hmm. you know, that Jeff Bezos um, was, you know, had a, had a relationship. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is Michael Sanchez, the brother of Lawrence Sanchez, is of course obviously kind of the villain in this saga because he gave the information to the National Enquirer. But the mm-hmm. funny thing is how he saw it more clearly than anyone, yeah. you know, that that Jeff and Lauren were, you know, having a relationship really out in public, going to restaurants, yep. going to yep. Blue Origin events. And he he recognized that they couldn't hide this. And and right. he, in some weird way, um, you know, tried to get ahead of it. Um, of course, it's seen now as kind of a remarkable betrayal. I thought I thought
1: that was, I was a brother, right? Yeah.
0: yeah but
2: I brother, thought yeah. it was
1: great that he got ahead of it. I kind of was cool with it.
2: You yeah. say got ahead of it. What do you mean?
1: Well, he wrote that piece. That he wrote. He's like, screw you. No, he I'm leaked kidding.
2: all the information yeah. to the National Enquirer. Yeah. It's totally ham-handed. He he got money for it. He he claims brothers, to this yeah. yeah the brother he claims to this day that um it must have been someone else. It couldn't have just been him. That maybe it was a political conspiracy or the Saudis. And what I found go you know diving into it was and also the Southern District of New York investigated this because Jeff claimed that he had been extorted, um, and the prosecutors and the FBI. Um, ultimately concluded, well, they dropped the case. So it appears they have concluded that it was a much simpler saga, that in fact, Michael Sanchez was the sole source. Um, I would be surprised if any information were to come out that contradicts that. Um, but what does it say about Jeff? I mean, that he, he somehow had a blind spot for how interested the world might be in the very visible changes in his life that were happening you know, quite, quite out in the open.
1: Now not because he, he does pose, he does poses, he does, you know, he says flexes essentially. Looking good. Look at looking
2: he's at court courtside at Wimbledon. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's he's sort of enjoying that. Where where does that go from your perspective? It's such a different Jeff Bezos than you and I grew up with. And I, I think
2: guess. that's really primarily Lauren Sanchez and hit, mm-hmm. her impact and he's dressing well and he's he's at these events and he's on Barry Diller's yacht and you know, we'll see what happens post-COVID. But I would imagine, you know, that in this new world, he he is, you know, moving in those circles once again.
1: Is he going to pull an e- Elon, essentially? Elon does it effortlessly and was always like this. So. I don't know that
2: Jeff could pull... I was thinking about this during Saturday Night Live. I don't know that Jeff could pull that off, you know. Um, Elon has a magical way of, of you know, turning the, the um, you know, the the customers or the people in his orbit into fanboys. Mm-hmm. And Jeff has never... You know, no. probably to the detriment of my book sales. Jeff has yeah. never been able to do that in quite the same way, even though his impact on the world in some ways is just as big as if yeah. not bigger than than Elon Well,
1: you'd have to you have to decide which one is. They're both quite impactful. I have one more question and Scott has one. When, when you look at Amazon going forward, obviously Andy Jassy, who you and I have known for a long time, is taking over a very Low key guy, right? But a Jeff acolyte at the same time. But does speak his mind? Has you know, is a very talented executive. What does Amazon look like really under Andy? Or is it just is it is it a is it a bomber after Gates or is it a Satya after? after Gates That's after right. Balmer
2: yeah or a Tim Cook right on the right. Balmer to Cook spectrum where yeah. is Andy That's a really good spectrum. Amazon yeah right give Look, us some I,
1: insights about Andy I, yeah. I know him pretty well but He's what, what you right yeah.
2: and he presents a humbler target for Amazon when you've got Jeff sitting there in the hot seat in front of congress the wealthiest guy in the world you know, that's a big target for for critics and for legislators. Andy is, you know, in, in his modest suit, um, you know, speaking in modest tones. And so I think in some ways he's a better figurehead uh, for the company as it moves into this next stage, which will be all about regulation and, and examination of Amazon's market power as it should be. But in terms of the operating performance of the company, he's so cleaved from Jeff's rib. Um, that I don't know that it makes much of a, of a difference. The one big difference is Andy's just not an inventor um, or a technologist in the way mm-hmm. that Jeff is, and that is. And so Jeff's saying, well, he's going to stick around and continue to invent. Oh. But when you look at the S team right now, there are many fewer technologists on that team than there used to be. There are a lot of operators, mm-hmm. and so that's the big question: uh, Amazon post Jeff, to the extent that it is post Jeff, can it continue to create new things in the way it has? Scott? Oh, I get to ask a question Bradley? now? Brad. I yes. get
1: to a- actually ask a question? <laughs> oh, my God. Stop it, you big baby.
2: You
0: think go I'm on. your Andy Jassy, don't you? You <laughs> go out. You get pumped. You build a big fucking super yacht, and I get to run the cloud division. She said that do you, you see- were her
2: Steve Ballmer, actually. <laughs> do
0: you see what I have to put up with here, Brad? I do. Okay. I, Anyways. I know. You just got to start investing in this relationship. Anyways, nothing for Mother's Day yesterday. Nothing. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> do you think Amazon should be broken up? And if oh, so, yeah, do you think one. do you think it'll happen?
2: Yeah,
1: that was a good question, Scott. No, thanks you so
2: just much. compliment you. I mean, thanks I would so let me because What's I'm, happen right because I'm not you know I don't see myself as a sort of you know advocate either either way. I let me answer it this way. I think the 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 case is so much more difficult. When I hear the the critics, um, you know, the the Main Street advocates out there, you know, talking about Amazon, I Mm -hmm. I I sometimes feel like they do not understand the complexities of this business, right? Mm -hmm. They don't understand how competition works on the internet the fact that Amazon operates in these vast markets with a lot of competition. Shopify is on fire right now, in large part yep. because of Amazon's failures with brands. Um, it, enterprise computing is huge. Microsoft and Google are major competitors. So I think it will be really difficult. And when you, when you listen to the hearings, the quality of the discourse and the questions isn't all that high. So I think the impediment to breaking up amazon is that it's enormously complicated frankly uh they should all read my book and listen to this podcast to understand the the issue's better um and you know and and so it's really hard to get there when you look at like the slam dunk case that they once had against microsoft and microsoft has never broken up i don't think amazon is broken up unless mm-hmm. it's voluntary so unless it's voluntary
1: until right. Right. They, do. they do and themselves. do you see it being voluntary
2: Not anytime soon, because they just have no interest in that kind of financial engineering. And Amazon, core Amazon, derives so many advantages from AWS. For example, Alexa is really an AWS product. Its brains are in the cloud. That was the intuition that Jeff originally had. Uh, So, no, I don't see them ever voluntarily doing that. But, you know... Um, a couple of steps down the road when when maybe just steps away and if investors are really clamoring for it because the the stock price has stagnated then you could you could kind of see it in a different era but not anytime soon.
1: All right, but what will happen to them? What's their biggest threat?
2: Their biggest threat is well the regulatory attention even if it's not a breakup, you know, is, it can lead to all sorts of distraction. That's that's number 1. Number 2 is, you know, we're seeing a lot of turnover in the higher ranks of the company because the stock price has gone up maybe mm-hmm. because of some disillusionment with you know Jeff or the fact that he's stepping aside less excitement there um it's an idiosyncratic place so you need people who understand how it works and and I think the turnover is 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 a problem and then and then just the chaos that comes with being a huge retailer and the fact that there's there's still so much you know, chaos in the marketplace and the fact that the search results are clouded with ads and private mm-hmm. label products, it opens up room for disruption. And that's why Shopify has had so yeah. much success and maybe even Facebook marketplace. So I, I do think, you know, just sheer competition is always going to be a danger to Amazon.
1: Interesting. What's your third book
2: called? Well, um, this was actually my fourth book, Carrot. Um, no, I
1: know what's your third Amazon book called. Right, I know what's the third I Amazon book, book called?
2: Yeah, Amazon, The Fast uh, and the Furious. I, I... You know what? Kill President me now. Bezos? Kill me now because President I cannot, I oh, can, dude, I cannot imagine this, that. You are, are riding so this whole call to. To Amazon. Like, this oh this my god. Is, it's if not this like is AOL
1: uh, where it just falls apart, if, I don't have any options. If this on is that uh, one.
2: the Empire strikes back, then, you know, return of the Jedi, but but you know, no time soon. I need I need the do Dude, what
1: would it be if you had to guess? We're making you be a Professor yeah. Galloway here. Yeah, return. What would it be? President Bezos?
2: Yeah, it's hard to imagine him as an effective politician. I think what happened with this book is enough time went by, and I was very proud of the Everything Store that I thought I need to update my history if I want it to continue to be definitive. And if in 10 years I feel like there's much more of the story, and it's the, you know, Bezos comes back in some dramatic way or has another chapter or saves us all from climate change, then, you know, there's going to be a better story to tell. The, the reason why I did this is because it was in, a, it's in the last 10 years of Amazon are one of the best business stories yeah. of our mm-hmm. time. And I felt like that was a, a great story that needed to be told.
0: Dude, let me help you here. Your next book's on Tesla. Just no. stop it already. There have
2: been many <laughs> great let books, me, including my colleague help Ashley Mances.
0: Yeah. Let me help you command the space you occupy, my brother. Your next book's oh on Tesla. God. All right. Well,
2: thank you, Scott. So nice. I look you forward guys to you helping, helping each me write other. It. Yeah. Two,
1: <laughs> two guys just two, we met on a super tech, yacht.
2: Two tech bros. Bros, helping we met each other never super happens. Yacht.
1: Never on super. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Brad, good luck with this book. Hey, Brad is a wonderful writer. This have you sold it to Hollywood? All these things yet.
2: Uh, that has not happened yet, Karen. Oh, it may yet. be that, Jeff, is <laughs> too powerful. Oh, that's if, true. If you want
0: advice on how to go to L.A. and get nothing done, I'm your man.
2: Okay. Great. All right.
1: Again, his first book was called The Everything Store, and his new book is called Amazon Unbound. It's on sale today. Is that correct or now?
2: It's on sale, yes, Tuesday, okay. May 11th at, okay. your, lo- at your friendly on. local this, bookstore. That's when this
1: appears. All right. It's on sale yeah. now. All right. Brad Stone, Thanks, as usual. Well You're done. a class act in, Thanks, g- guys. in tech journalism. Thanks, Take care, brother. Okay, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for Wins and Fails.
0: Support for Pivot comes from Hidden Layer. It seems like everywhere you look, industries are turning to generative AI. We talk about it a lot on this show. Businesses can generate more ideas, answers, connections, solutions, and momentum. But at the same time, security teams are forced to slow down that progress so they can make sure AI adoption is safe and responsible. Hidden Layer's AI detection and response platform secures generative AI and large language models from malicious attacks, leaking of confidential information, and intellectual property theft. Hidden Layer helps you generate more by enabling seamless, secure generative AI. Here's how it works. AI detection and response protects businesses from potential attacks by monitoring and analyzing the inputs and outputs of their generative AI applications, blocking harmful transactions and alerting security teams in real time, allowing organizations to accelerate their AI adoption with speed. Customers in finance, technology, healthcare, and even the U.S. Department of Defense trust Hidden Layer to protect their AI today. Plus... Hidden Layer was named Most Innovative Startup at RSA, the most significant cybersecurity conference in the nation. With Hidden Layer, go from pause to possibilities. Generate more with Hidden Layer. Visit hiddenlayer.com slash pivot to learn more about Hidden Layer's AI detection and response solution.
1: Okay, Scott wins and fails. What What are your wins and fails this week?
0: Well, I just want to highlight uh, if if anybody wants to understand um, retail or the internet age, uh, uh, Brad's first book, The Everything Store. When I was writing my book, The Four, and I had to write a chapter on Amazon. I read his book and I thought, shit, I just can't do better than yeah, that. Uh, it's really it, it really is the the if you want to understand Amazon. Anyway, okay, uh, I'll start with my fail. I, I think this guilt-by-proximity movement. I think mm-hmm. it's just out of control incredible. I understand. We expect it from TMZ. We expect it from blogs. But when the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal start writing these articles, uh, they, they, I think those platforms have so much credibility. I think they should act with more discretion and realize how much impact they have on people's lives when they start inferring that there's something really up with Bill Gates with his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. And don't provide any substance, don't provide any any evidence other than, yeah, he 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 met with him, and then start talking about confidential divorce filings. I, I yeah. just, I don't think that, I don't think that foots to the credibility that is the Wall Street Journal. And I think, anyways, this guilt by proximity bothers me. I think it's a dangerous trend. Yeah, okay. Uh, my win is uh, just the unbelievable talent that unfortunately was overshadowed uh, of Miley Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she did that opening, that tribute to Mother's Day, yeah. Her voice. Yeah, she's a she stand. has a lyrically beautiful and powerful voice.
1: Didn't love her other songs, but that was beautiful.
0: Yeah, I agree. But she, I just remember, I remember sitting there thinking, God, we're so she fortunate is. to have artists like that brought to us. Do you know
1: Dolly Parton's her godmother?
0: Yeah, I, I think she's an extraordinary ta- uh, talent. She and, is. She's
1: compelling. She's another I thought, compelling person. Wrong
0: show. Her. You know, she should have been the host. Uh, it, it was just kind of, good. it was a shame it was overshadowed. I think she's an extraordinary talent. She and was
1: I, in that Chad one. That was funny. The one yeah. with Chad. <laughs> she was, she's
0: an, I think she's just she was an good inc- Incredible she talent. Was and it was my win is the extraordinary talent of Miley Cyrus.
2: All right.
1: Well, I'm going to celebrate a woman too. I'm going to uh, win, uh, wh- which was, there was a skit on Saturday Night Live, Murder Dirter, uh, which was about um, mayor of Easttown. Which oh, is I watched that HBO last show. night. Oh, Mur- it's so It's really good. good yeah. It's so good. It's so bad that it's good. And I have a lot of relatives in that part of Pennsylvania, a lot of them. And I was like, oh my God, this, and I was born in Philadelphia. People
0: don't Really remember. good. Yeah.
1: It was it's so good and then the takeoff on it was hysterical. Was hysterical.
0: Yeah, that was murder. the funniest part. Murdered. Murder. <laughs> Don't put your My uh, wah, wah murdered. on the m- murder yeah.
1: victim. <laughs> murder.
0: You know what they're doing? They're doing murder. what The Undoing is really good at. They're, they, they are so cagey, those writers. Do, know they're who like, did it? Who do you know did minutes, it? Every 10 minutes, every 10 minutes, you are like, oh, he did it. Oh, no, wait, no, did she it. did oh, it. She oh, wait, oh, he did it. I know. Which they one do you think They set up all these people. They're like—
1: This is not over, so it's three more episodes, but who do you think did it?
0: Um— well, I'm hoping that it's the priest and that we continue to cement the reality, which is the greatest institutionalized the pedophilia that is the Catholic Church. I, said but the, besides I think the boyfriend.
1: I think the boyfriend.
0: You think the there boyfriend? It could
1: be two. It could be the priest killed her, and the boyfriend is the one hiding the ladies away in the, in the bar kind of thing.
0: I'm going with, um, I know this is going to be weird. I'm going with the daughter. What? Yeah. I think no, the not the did. lesbian.
1: She has that new hot girlfriend. No, 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 no. Here's the deal. It is a great show, and you should also watch the Murder Darter thing. And by the way, if you want a Victorian Murder Darter, watch The Nevers. So there's all these yeah, there, you like The Nevers? Badass women and shows. Badass women is a real area of of uh, and also the Equalizer. There with the Queen Latifah is doing really well. So a lot of badass women kicking some ass. I really enjoy it.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's it's a really it's a great show. It's HBO Max, right? Is that right? Yeah. An HBO? Uh, HBO. Oh, Max, it's,
1: HBO. HBO yeah, it's HBO. Yeah, it's HBO.
0: HBO. Joey Bag of Donuts. Joey Bag of HBO Donuts. Diet. All right.
1: I don't have any fails this week. I'm going to be a po- I'm going to be positivity this week. Positivity. Nice. Positivity for me. But oh, that's- Wait,
0: Wait. Most what? importantly. Oh what? my God! Big story breakdown. How, how was, was the weekend Day? with the in laws?
1: Good. Great. Oh God! speaking, That was uh, that. They were great. They that were was great. A win for and the in fact, my son was like they're really nice. And I was like, I know we're not nice people. <laughs>
3: yeah. So it <laughs> was a was win. Like,
1: what nice people? And oh, it was nice. like, it was a win. They were lovely. They took care of Clara. They, we hung out with my son. We went out for, uh, Amanda's birthday is coming up. We went out for a birthday dinner. We had a great time. They're wonderful people. They're wonderful. Do they
0: know you're close with Jeffrey Epstein? Oh, you know what? <laughs>
1: you.
3: That <laughs> oh, that was, was good. That was good. That was, good.
1: Really good. That I am was not, good. I am not close with Jeffrey Epstein. I, sat. I, I was being ironic.
0: I was being ironic.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, This has been a wonderful show, Scott. Bradstone is brilliant. He is brilliant. We'll be back this week. That's the show. We'll be back Friday. Myrie Cyrus. Myrie Cyrus. Okay. Kate Winslet is who I say. Go to nymag.com slash pivot to submit your question for the pivot podcast. The link is also in our show notes. We love great questions. Scott, can you read us out?
0: Today's episode was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Ernie and Andrew Todd, engineered this episode. Thanks also to Drew Burrows. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back later this week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Miley Cyrus, an extraordinary talent.